This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Oh, it is a reckless speculation Thursday here. Happy reckless speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. This is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, speculation therapy. And uh, we bring our guy in from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, the Scoop Podcast, inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Darren Doogie Wolfson in the studio, in the flesh. Good morning, Doogie. I'm here, Phil. Good morning to you. Good morning to Declan. Good morning to Judd. Judd Declan, happy wild opening night. But yes, way more importantly, happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Last night, gentlemen, the Los Angeles Lakers thought, oh, we'll just run our A lineup out there and stomp the uh, <laughs> B-minus lineup of the Minnesota Timberwolves without the target centers in. And uh, Anthony Edwards actually had kind of a bad game offensively. And the uh, I don't know how the Timberwolves are going to cut this roster down to 15, quite frankly. Deepest team in the NBA, obviously. Uh, but they beat the Lakers undefeated in the preseason. The biggest question lingering, though, Doogie, we still have yet to see... With what one preseason game left, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert on the court at the same time. So what are you hearing on that front? It is unfortunate. We will. The plan as I sit here on Thursday morning with you guys is for both of them to play tomorrow night, Target Center, against the Brooklyn Nets. But I can tell you, going back multiple days, the plan was for both of those guys to play last night. That Chris Finch really wanted the two of them to play together for more than one preseason game before the regular season opens in six days at home against OKC. So that was unfortunate last night that both guys sat out. Now, if you noticed, the last time Rudy Gobert played, he was wearing a knee brace. Now, he has worn a knee brace previously, so that is not necessarily alarming. But just a reminder how grueling Eurobasket can be. With Gobert, with France advancing to the championship game and just the toll that that can take, those are high-intensity games. So there was some wear and tear there, right? He is 30 years old. I already see Judd across the way here in the studio. I talked about Tuesday. Judd is pissed off that he even played for France. I get it. But the plan was for Rudy and Cat. Now with Cat, like he went pretty hard in practice in L.A., you know, a mini training camp sort of, you know, to say, like, with them out in LA for, for all those days, you know? And so he's just, he's still trying to get his legs under him. Right. And so it's going to take a while. Like I can't envision cat being 100%, 
you know, throughout the rest of this month. Like, we're looking at November-ish for him to get back into the shape that he wants to be in. But the plan all along was for him to lose some weight, certainly after knowing that they had this Gobert acquisition lined up, you know, with him playing more of the four, playing more on the perimeter, guarding more of the perimeter, although he's still going to play plenty of center minutes. But the idea that, you know, beginning of the game, end of the game, beginning of the third quarter, he's going to play these power forward minutes. The idea was for him to drop some weight, but certainly not get all the way down to 229, 230, 228, you know, in that neighborhood where he is right now, 231, 232. So he's still trying to get back, you know, some muscle. He's still trying to get his legs back underneath him. So, you know, he went hard in practice. So the decision was made because when we talked to Chris Finch, on Wednesday afternoon, the plan was, or Tuesday afternoon, the plan was for Cat to play Wednesday night. But, you know, just a reminder that, you know, roster decisions are are incredibly fluid. But the plan right now is for both those guys to be on the court in Minneapolis tomorrow night. So, Dukes, do you sense that there is any internal concern among the Wolves about Cat here? Because, like, you know, when, when you go to the hospital and have to stay there, I mean, this, this is not just uh, cold or something like that. What's your sense of the actual internal concern here? And to your point, then, how much that's going to cause them to sort of pull back the reins a bit until a month in or so when when there might be more confidence in his health at that point? Well, I mean, I would say there's at least a little bit of concern. Like, he dropped more weight than they had hoped, right? Like, they didn't want him to drop all this weight, yeah, right? And, like, you talk to some people that have been in the gym with him, like, you know, he's getting tired after shooting a bunch of jump shots. Now, that's the way you get back into game shape. But, like, the jump shot with the legs, the way, you know, not that he uses his legs a ton, but, you know, he still needs to use the legs somewhat. There's some fatigue there, right? So, he just he's still working his way back into shape, you know, building on some of that muscle. So, sure, there's a little bit of concern. But I'm telling you, it's such a favorable schedule early, right? I mean, five of your first six games, three against the lowly Spurs, one against the lowly Jazz, one against the lowly Oklahoma City Thunder. So, you know, you can you can divvy up the minutes to a point of he doesn't need to play 34 minutes in these opening games. If it's closer to 28 minutes or 27 minutes compared to, you know, even 36, 37, you know, you can do some things with the minutes. But he's still working his way back into full game shape. Like, I don't think... He'll get there until sometime in November. Doogie, we continue to see even just like as the the preseason preview stuff comes out here, the rehashing of all of the panic takes dating back to July. You know, like, oh, my God, what have the Wolves done? Look at this high-risk thing that they did that jeopardizes the future of the franchise. John Hollinger had a piece on The Athletic. Uh, Some dude with a big YouTube channel tweeted something out yesterday that got people all stirred up. So on one (laughs) hand, you get all these, all these, like, um, contrary to uh, what you might think, it wasn't Judd, with the guy with the massive YouTube channel who tweeted some things out. <laughs> I've just got a Wolves channel. Yeah. I just like to do stuff on, just riff. Uh, but you've got like you've got these NBA talking heads and some smart people that continue to say, "Oh boy, I don't know about this. This might this might still be a colossally dumb trade." With on the other side, you've got Chris Finch and Tim Connolly and smart people that are running the future of the Timberwolves that say. No, this is actually an amazing move for us. What you know, we had our option of different things we could have done, and this is the thing that we chose to do. So, I guess, how do you bridge that wide gap with what you've been sort of hearing, and and where did the Timberwolves come from? Even though we haven't seen them play together yet, the Wolves are very, 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 very happy they made the trade. They yeah. would easily do that trade again, especially being able to hold on to Jaden McDaniels. Like 
There is no second thoughts, anything crazy like that. Let me remind everybody, in 30-something seasons, the Wolves have advanced to the second round one time. The bar is so bleeping low. Now, we can debate for this trade to be a success, blank needs to happen. We can have that debate. Fill in the blank. What needs to happen for us to consider this trade a true success? To me, get to the second round. Now, maybe twice. We can debate that, right? Like once probably doesn't do it. You need to get to the second round at least twice. To me, you need to get to a conference finals. But like, you do this trade because you haven't done anything for so long. (laughs) You just haven't, right? And, you know, the Wolves put a bunch of names on the board last summer, right? And then, you know, like, they look at them. And I say names like, you know, the top 20-ish players in the NBA, right? Jason Tatum's on that board and Giannis is on that board. But you start going up and down the list of names, you're like, okay, well, like if we offered five first-round picks for that guy, Boston's not doing that trade. Milwaukee's not doing that trade. Like, how do we acquire another superstar? And that's why they reached out to Brooklyn on Kevin Durant, right? I mean, you know, they went they went big game hunting in in many ways with with a lot of these guys just to see, but a lot of these guys just weren't available. Rudy was very, very available. And so they decided to do it. But like to me, this franchise has been nowhere for so long. Why not roll the dice? Why not? And I think that's what the the national people don't get. Because as I told Phil a couple days ago, Dukes, I think that they look at trades as far as, okay, what would the Celtics do? The Lakers do? The Heat do, right? And yes, then this probably does not make sense. But but I, I will start with, not just from a basketball perspective, but probably just as importantly from a business perspective, what this means. Tickets sold, interest. I, I mean, when is the last time that we approached opening night short of the Butler year, okay? Because that, that did carry a lot of juice to it. But short of the Butler year, when's the last time that we were approaching opening night for the Wolves and there was actually a buzz? So I'm not saying, hey, the Wolves are playing. I'm saying an actual buzz of anticipation. 19 years ago, October of 2003, right after yeah. acquiring Sam Cassell, Latrell Sprewell. Mm-hmm. With KG. So we have to go back that long. Yeah, some excitement, right? The Mall of America press conference, giving out the cell phone number, all that. But I still know some people, you know, to this day who are pissed. Well, maybe more so than ever, that the Wolves traded Zach Levine. That that was Flip's vision, right? (laughs) Levine, Wiggins, Cat. Some clown in Seattle, I think, still upset about it. I was pissed during the rumors. I said, no, (laughs) you're trading the wrong guy. Trade Wiggins. Well, I mean, (laughs) heck, you know, that was... That was the flip vision, right? That he felt like that threesome could could carry a team far into May and early June. And, you know, I don't know about that, right? Like if Cat is the alpha, Zach is the two, Andrew's the three, you know, you still needed some guys around that. Like I don't think that threesome was was going to go very far. But there were people at the time saying, like, you can't give up on Zach. Like why are you giving up on Zach? Now, I was pro the trade with Tibbs' relationship with Jimmy Butler like, once you gave the keys to Tibbs, which at the time didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, right? Like, why did you have to give him the title of president of operations? But once you gave him that power, I had no problem with him acquiring his guy, a guy that he had a relationship with, still in the prime of his career, a guy at that time who still to this day is probably a top 20 to 25 player in the league. Hell, I'm going to the Wolves opener as a fan. I'm all in. 
I, I just, I just, I, I'm going to, t- I'm going to the game as a fan. My buddy got season tickets. He just moved back from Denver. He's a diehard Wolves fan. Texted me this morning. Do you want to go with me to the season opener? I said nice. absolutely. I want to go and Who's root on. Who's got Daniels. two thumbs and a bandwagon yeah. uh, entry point? Declan Goff, right there. <laughs> Roll the boat and howl. Speaking of bandwagons, the guy that I am, I think if if I'm uh, placing money on you know individual Timberwolves player stocks to rise. To me, I'm all about buying low on Jalen Noel. If he's going to get 25 minutes a night and he's going to come off the bench, he's kind of a he's a three level scorer. He can get to the rim, mid range. He shot 39 percent from three last year, and it sounds like they're going to give him a chance to be that guy off the bench. Um, what are you hearing about him going into the season, and maybe him in terms of long term plans with the Timberwolves, Dukes? Yeah, I mean, I would buy stock on him for sure. I would also buy stock on. On McDaniel's, right? Like, there's just there's history to suggest that guys, you know, year two to year three, make a sizable leap. So certainly McDaniel's, but yes, on Noel, year three to year four, contract year for Jalen. Heck, let's go back to the introductory news conference in June at Target Center when the Wolves introduced to us their draft class, right? Walker Kessler, Wendell Moore Jr. and company. After that, Chris Finch held court with a few of us. And unsolicited said, hey, for us to take a leap from 46 wins to whatever this upcoming season, we need Ant, Jaden, Jalen to do a lot of that heavy lifting. Unsolicited at that time in June, Finch alluded to Jalen Noel having a much bigger role. This was with Malik Beasley still on the roster, right? So the tentacles instantly went up. It was also around that time. The Wolves said, hey, we don't want Jalen Noel to become an unrestricted free agent. Hey, Jalen, what about three years, $9 million on an extension? He says no. Hey, okay, we'll add a year. We'll even bump it up a little bit. What about four years, $13 million? He says no. Well, guess what? There's actually been some recent talks. So those talks have re-energized, right? They've, They've picked up, hey, Glenn Taylor calling me. I'll have to let that go. Oh, oh put it on. I know, dude, well, I it's Glenn's assistant. Yeah, it's Sarah. His, speaker. His assistant. I think you I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. Put him on good. speaker. What are your expectations, <laughs> Glenn? Just between you and me, totally off the record. <laughs> that would have been very good. I could have gotten the actual update on where Jalen Noel talks. Damn, but Noel's camp, Tim Connolly have had recent talks. My sense is, though, that, that an extension is not close. Like, I see Jalen getting to unrestricted free agency next summer. More teams in the league will have cap space. You're right, Phil. I mean, he's looking at 20-something minutes a night. Like, he's going to play a lot. You're right about his ability to score at all three levels. The defense has to pick up. But he is a really, really good player. Like, we're reminded watching him this preseason and at times last year why he was the Pac-12 player of the year at 19 years old. Right? Like, he was a really good college player. And so, I love his ceiling. I love his future, but I just don't see an extension getting done before opening night. But the Wolves have re-picked up some of those some of those talks. Dukes, as far as this team goes, uh, outside of of Gobert's knee, and that's a different story because we talked about it Tuesday. Um, and outside of Cat's health, what are on the floor? What what would be the biggest concern here? Like as we get excited about this, and hey, it it should be. A huge improvement from Wolves uh, teams of certainly years past. But 
What do you think that Finch and Conley are the most curious and or uh, concerned about as we open the season? D'Angelo Russell. Right now, D'Angelo Russell and Rudy Gobert should be a nice one-two combo. D'Angelo has mm-hmm. not played, at least here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. with a player like Gobert when it comes to the pick and roll. So, like, you'll see, you know, there's going to be times where it's just of the big four, you know, wherever you stand on McDaniels, but... Russell, Gobert, Towns, Cat, right? Towns and, and Edwards, excuse me. You're going to see Cat and Ant together a lot. Then you'll see Gobert and D'Lo together a lot, okay. right? So you're going to see all four of them on the court beginning of the game, beginning of the third quarter, crunch time, right? But in other you know points of the game, you'll see two of them on the bench, two of them in the game. Well, the idea is to combine Gobert with D'Lo. But it's just it's D'Lo and a contract. You remember, going back to media day, I told you, there were a couple of Wolves people that told me there's just there's this new, you know, energy about D'Lo. Like he's carrying himself in a different way. Right. Like it just it feels like there's something different there in a good way, in a very good way. So does that carry over into the regular season or is there still fallout from what took place in the Memphis playoff series where Chris Finch had to bench D'Angelo Russell? But I think it's all about D'Lo. Can D'Lo adjust? Can D'Lo be comfortable not taking 16 shots a game, 15 shots a game? Maybe the shot total has to go down with the assist total then going up. Plus, can he at least become an average defensive player? He was at times last year. Can that carry over into this year? So I would say it's all about D'Angelo Russell here in a contract year. Uh, These scoops, by the way, are presented by our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They have been uh, not only supporters of us at Score North, Mackie and Judd Purple Daily, but countless business owners in the state and outside the state of Minnesota. They provide a great guiding hand and risk management tools and resources to help elevate your business to maximum heights. Federatedinsurance.com to find out more about how they can help your business. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Um, I'm going to move the scoops along to a different topic here because they're, it's now getting picked up by like ABC and ESPN, some of the main outlets. So, um a Puerto Rican newspaper, El Nuevo Dia, very nice, has Carlos Correa on the record saying he will opt out of his Twins contract. So that doesn't actually happen procedurally until five days after the World Series, or maybe it can, but like free agency doesn't open up until November. So you know, Correa signed that it was a three-year deal, but really it was a series of one-year deals controlled by Carlos Correa. And so, listen, I mean. I was saying back in like July when the Twins were melting down, headed toward the trade deadline, you either have to make a big meaningful splash at the deadline that pushes you into the playoffs to take advantage of the one year of Correa, or you have to trade him before the deadline so you can at least maximize an asset that you have sort of stumbled into. And because they traded for an injured pitcher in Tyler Malley, and I think they would have needed more than just Malley knowing the way they melted down, um, but this, I guess what I'm saying, Doogie, is this is sort of the worst-case scenario for the Twins, that he opts out, you miss the playoffs, you really get nothing in return for him unless you can sign him to a long-term extension. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't even extend him a qualifying offer and recoup a draft pick. Like, that's not a thing anymore, right? You can't yeah. do that after Houston just did it a year ago. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at him hitting the market now. Heck, we opined back in June and July just wondering with this free agent shortstop class with Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, 
Xander Bogarts. Would there be any chance he would think about opting into $35.1 million next year, then elect unrestricted free agency one year from now at 29 years old compared to 28? So we tossed it out, but then he kicked butt specifically in September, but also August, right? Like his finish, his two-month finish to the season was really, really good. My understanding is this was the plan all along. So even though we opined, we wondered, like going back to the day he signed, he was always going to opt out, you know, barring some sort of catastrophic, you know, compound fracture, Lewis scene type injury, something crazy. This was always the idea. Now it's on the twins, Phil, right? Like I told Judd this on Tuesday. I'll reiterate it right now with you. The twins are going to make him an offer. I can't speak to how competitive an offer it's going to be, how fair the offer is going to be, but they are going to make him an offer. Heck, I wouldn't be shocked if they make him a second offer, right? That there's some back and forth. He rejects their initial offer. The talks keep going. They make a new offer. They are going to try very hard to sign him to a long-term deal. Now, is that seven years? Is that eight years? Is that nine years? Is it only six? Is it only five? But they are going to try to sign him to a long-term deal. I'll be curious to find out the details of that because I still think it's a relative long shot just based on this franchise's history, right? And yeah, they gave out the Josh Donaldson contract, right? But like, is this front office really willing to give a player seven years, 230, $240 million? Is ownership really, truly willing to sign off on such an offer? You know, until I see it, it's hard for me to believe it. But I'm telling you, the Twins are going to make him some sort of long-term offer. And I, I saw a uh, Falvey quote, Doogie, I think, out of that press conference where he did basically say, we've made offers before and they've been turned down. Well, sure, Zach Wheeler. Exactly. So, so you're, but, You look but at Zach Wheeler's brilliance last night. Yeah. The Twins made him, so he ended up signing in Philly five years, 118, 119. Mm-hmm. I remember being in this studio November or December of 2019 telling you guys, if the Twins wanted to be uber aggressive, there was a chance to sign Wheeler five years, 90 to 92 to 93, maybe even 88, 87. But it was going to take a five-year offer. But like there was an opportunity. There was a window where he may have said yes. But the talks kept going. His wife's family is from 30 minutes outside Philadelphia. So geography played a large part in Zach Wheeler's decision. But yes, they offered Zach Wheeler a ton of money. Previously, they offered you Darvish a ton of money, but we're still not talking 230-ish million dollars, right? Right. I mean, we're talking nearly double yes. what they have previously offered. But yes, they have offered more money than what they signed Josh Donaldson to. Zach Wheeler and you Darvish would be the two examples. Yeah. Uh, Duke, let's go uh, rapid fire scoops here. Empty the bag for us. What else you got? Sure. So Dennis Evans, the seven foot center from California, USA basketball, he will announce his college decision. So he's a 2023 kid. He's a senior. He will announce his college decision on Monday. It seems to be down to the Gophers and TCU. Kansas was in for a bit, but it seems like Kansas is no longer in that mix. The hurdle that the Gophers are battling is TCU has some NIL money. On its side. I was Hmm. talking, if it comes down to strictly money, he will land at (laughs) TCU. Yeah, recruiting. I mean, money's always been a part of recruiting. It's just now more in the open. Coils cheap. Yeah. Cheap coils. But the Gophers are trying to sell him on, hey, you're better off playing here in the Big Ten, and we can find a way to develop you into a lottery pick. 
So think more long-term money, not short-term money. So the Gophers are working it incredibly hard. I don't know what his decision will be on Monday. I'm telling you. I mean, it seems like it's either TCU or Minnesota. I can tell you there's not a ton of optimism right now over in Dinkytown. Maybe that will change over the weekend, but I can give you the real-time update, or at least as of earlier this week, that there's not a whole lot of optimism because of that TCU money. But the Gophers are trying. They absolutely are trying. If they can find a way to land Dennis Evans, it'll be the best recruiting win for the Gophers in 20 years since Chris Humphreys back in whatever year that was, 01 or 02. So they're trying. And, like, he's legit. Like, I haven't looked at 2024 mock drafts or even 2025 if he plays a couple years in college, but the idea is with his skill set at seven feet tall – that he has a legit chance to certainly be a first-round NBA pick, and if he plays well enough, you know, go in that upper half in the lottery. Yeah. Uh, great stuff, Doogie. Great scoop session here. Reckless speculation. You know, we go a little longer, but Declan has a lunch that... Uh, you know, <laughs> I got to go to it, too, so... <laughs> I was invited, too, although I got I to go head out too. to the Vikings. <laughs> I hate yeah. meetings. So, yeah, it's a meeting about the Vikings, <laughs> like? and funny, it's scheduled around when the Vikings have media availability, so I can't be there. Do so what you got to do, Enjoy man. your Panera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for my sandwich. I love Amazing. a good Panera, I love Panera sandwich. I'm a big Panera fan. Oh, yeah, Panera yeah, yeah. I'm those very new, bummed. I'm missing new, out on this meeting. Those new commercials, man, they're putting some good stuff out there. That's I don't know who's doing those commercials. Notch. I would Panera, love to endorse them. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there, Panera. Yep. All right, Dukes. We'll All right, gentlemen. You Bye. Next week. Enjoy yes, next week, although Twitter. I'm out Tuesday, oh. taking the boys up north for a few days. Somehow, really? I don't get this. Family over me? Mid-October. Yeah, I know. It was a tough choice. I don't understand how mid-October, kids have an entire week off from school. I get MEA. MEA. I get having a few days off. Yeah. But we're talking the entire freaking week? Like, what? Wait, MEA has become a week off now? In our school district, yes. In other school districts, no, district it's two school. days. But in our school district, yes. It's like a now, week. Yeah. yeah, they're doing the conferences and all that. But, yeah, I don't get it. So we're going to take the, the boys the up north for a little bit. teachers are doing some self-scouting and you know, some film review. Oh, and they'll yeah, come back sure. and be better yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, Doogie, we'll catch Take you it later. easy, yeah, but yeah, we'll all talk right, next Thursday. See so, ya. Yeah. Your scoop session with Doogie here. I'm Mackie and Judd. Uh, we're going to take a breather here, and then I have some forward-looking Viking stuff for you gentlemen, mm-hmm. and we have some old tweets exposed on the show today as well. <laughs> Reckless speculation. It, it just, it goes, you know, as long as you're moving the football and effective, I don't think you need to go hunt up those opportunities, but certainly when they present themselves, guys are covered. It's the right covers to do it against. Uh, certainly you want to instinctively be ready to take off and go make a play. Um, so it's an area of my game that I'd love to uh, tap into a little more, but I've been saying that for a few years now, and I think ultimately you just got to play the way you know how to play. Oh, the self-reflection. Scrambling. Yeah, wants to run more. Wants to run a lot more. him to run more. He but, thinks he's good you know. at it. He, he said he sells himself short, and KOC agrees with him. <laughs> Uh, if he wants to mix in like a, a John Elway, you know, helicopter run in a clutch moment or something from the late 90s Super Bowls, I'd be good with that. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Kirk Cousins. And I, it'll tease you for Purple Daily today on our State of the Offense episode. I will have a couple really interesting Kirk Cousins nuggets for you all. A couple really interesting things we can sink our teeth into. Nice. But this is Reckless Speculation Thursday here Mackie and Judd. Reckless Speculation. And, uh, you know, we like to look ahead and forward and be speculative as much as possible on these third. It's a safe space to sort of look ahead on the horizon and 
funny thing, you know, we were looking ahead on the horizon back in June and July when the twins were sliding saying, Ugh. Yeah. so uh, if you don't think you're going to make a playoff run or you don't think you can trade for a healthy, effective, healthy, healthy, effective starting pitcher, you might want to leverage this amazing asset, Carlos Correa, via trade for prospects. Oh, you guys are the you guys are just clickbait. You guys are the buzz factory. Just Ooh, making stuff up factory. for clicks. Mm-hmm. Clickety click, click, clicks. This is a safe space for, by the way, we were right in speculating that because now Carlos Cray is opting out. And so, you know, twins are going to get oh. nothing for him. Declan just opted out of this they YouTube. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cat. <laughs> it's cat. Um, yep. So, uh, so we're going to look ahead because it's a safe space to do so here on Thursdays on Mackie and Judd. And uh, I got to thinking for you guys, the Vikings appear to have solidified a franchise right tackle. Locking yep. Brian O'Neill up to a contract last year. Yes. A franchise left tackle. More stats on that on Purple Daily today. Ooh-wee. They've got a franchise wide receiver. Like they're checking these boxes of young, yep. elite talent at key positions. Uh-huh. What's next on the priority list for finding elite young talent at key positions? I want a mock. Mock. And funny. I want to. Today, we have brand new 2023 NFL mock drafts from Yahoo Sports and from Tankathon. I want oh, my mock. gosh. Oh, man, Tankathon. Gotta love Tankathon. <laughs> I want to So before we get into what the, the – I love how the mockers are just, like, frothing at the mouth in October. Just let's get 2.0, 3.0. Yep. Yeah, we barely scratched the surface of the conference schedule, and it's already let's go. You're starting to see some bad teams, right? So now you're an- anticipatory about oh the quarterback class. Who could get the oh, quarterbacks? Man. The Raiders are one and four. Oh, the, <laughs> you know. So so we'll get to these mocks here in a second. And the Vikings they're based on the current records. So the Vikings are picking like thirtieth right now because they have one of the best records in the NFL. I don't know if they'll finish there, but um, what is on your priority list? They've got left tackle. They've got right tackle. I might even argue they've got left and right guards. So, like, their offensive line, I mean, center is, we'll see what happens yeah, with Bradbury. Not, He's been better. Yeah, first-round pick, you're right. But what is next on your checklist of Ooh. elite talent at well, key position? Well, here's the, so outside of the eventual replacement for Kirk, here's the rub in my opinion. The rub. It's on the defensive side. It's on the defensive side. Now, of course, if an unbelievable wide receiver falls to me, you know, I'm I'm never going to turn one down. Um, Jefferson's fantastic. Thielen aging. KJ Osborne probably an incredibly solid three. But so, but if I am looking right now, if I'm crazy, so let's say I'm so so it's not O'Connell, it's not the offensive guy, it's the general manager who is the who is the keeper of the in for the entire franchise. Um, first round cornerback. Mm-hmm. Cornerback is an incredibly important one. And I will say this. I, it is my contention that while, yes, you, you can find corners in second and third round, I think if you can get one who is a first-round talent and you're where the Vikings are, which is Dantzler solid, Peterson solid but old, and gone soon, I take a cornerback. That is That is my first one. The other priority defensively, 
first round. Because keep in mind, linebackers, in my opinion, I'm not taking them first round. Like, I think yeah. you can find them. So that's, to me, that's not a priority of the draft. Yeah. It's a priority of of the depth of draft. Third round, fourth there's, round. So, yeah, there's, there's like, there's your positions of need, but then there's positions of importance. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's what kind of talent is available all intersecting. And the other one is if I can get an interior defensive lineman, a big stout young man who's going to <laughs> who's going to not only stop the run, but also, just as importantly, provide pressure. Because you've got two starters there, but you don't really have depth there. So my two positions of priority in the first round of a draft right now would be cornerback. And and either a three tech or nose tackle, probably a three tech. Oh, interesting. So okay, so you're saying cornerback, three tech, or you're? I, yep. I'm going to say yes, sir. Because Tomlinson and and Phil, I agree on the depth conversation, but Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Tomlinson are both pretty young. I mean, Harrison Phillips is like 26. I just need more depth right? there. Good depth, no, and I agree. That's what I need. I think so. Cornerback for sure, yep. because Patrick Peterson is is you know he's not what he was, and he's fine, but he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Cam Dantzler's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Booth might be here to stay. Got to stay but beyond healthy, that, though. they don't. Got to stay healthy. Yeah. He's always hurt. It's a depth thing for sure. Yes. I'm looking at edge. Yep. We, Daniil Hunter sure. has not... We, we got to see with Daniil Hunter here. If, if he's not the guy anymore, then it's the most glaring thing on your roster. Even if he is the guy, Zadarius Smith is getting a little older. He's been effective this season, but you have one of the worst pressure rates of any team in the NFL so far this year. Mm-hmm. So, although one. on paper you would say, well, I mean, they got Zedarius and Neil. Well, they're not getting pressure. So, you need someone to get pressure. Maybe it's And maybe that's where your theory comes in. Maybe is there an interior defensive lineman that's better at getting pressure than the two veterans you have in your team right now? So, I'm going to put edge in that mix. Linebacker for sure, but not, a, not with the first round pick. In t- uh, middle linebacker, I should say. Yeah, you, edge rushers are a premium, and if you can find a good one and one gets to you at, at your draft spot, I think you have to take it. Zadarius Smith is up there in age. like He's had a nice bounce back here, but you can't really rely on him long-term necessarily. And I don't think Daniil Hunter is cooked. I think he's just being schemed incorrectly so far through the first few games. But if you have the, the more monsters you have in the defensive line, the better, right? Like when you think the Williams Wall and Jared Allen and Ray Edwards, they have four basically pro bowlers on that defensive line. Stock the cupboard that with as many so oh. defensive linemen, defensive ends as you possibly can. I, I That's what I would prioritize the most. I think I would look in free agency to go after an impact cornerback because mm-hmm. cornerbacks just take take a while. Like, I'm not opposed to drafting one. But let's say I wanted to go out and I wanted to really find a, 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 a answer at cornerback. I'd probably rather pay top dollar for an impact immediately, even though I'm overpaying mate probably for that position because rookie cornerbacks, just it's tough for them to make an immediate impact. Where I'm at. I mean, if you get one in like the top ten, but that's not where they're going to be. Right. They they would be drafting more of a, a, a project, probably. So, with that, I want to mock. mock. I want to mock. I present to you guys the latest as of this morning, hot off the presses, Yahoo Sports mock draft. Oh my gosh! Glenn Morgan is the author here. I have no idea who that is, but. There's also like it's like Win. an NBC Sports wing of Yahoo Sports. So I can't tell what? if this is an NBC Sports draft. Okay. Uh, so weird. Okay. 
Oh, I'm sorry. This originally appeared on NBC Sports Chicago. It's being featured on YahooSports.com oh, and the Bears through an be- NBC partnership. And the Bears are are all over this. They're frothing at the mouth. They're like, we right suck. Yeah. Where's the mock draft set? <laughs> so uh, right now the Panthers are the worst team in the league. They just fired a coach, and they will be drafting C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. I'll just go through some of the highlights here, yeah. uh, namely quarterbacks. I mean, quarterback is on this list long term. Yes. You know, the Vikings The Vikings aren't one of the 20 most desperate teams for a quarterback right now because they have someone solid in Kirk. But at some point, you got to start looking ahead. But right now, like, I doubt if that's much of a conversation for them. Yep. Uh, Bryce Young going four to the Lions. Wow. Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, going five to the Commanders. So three quarterbacks in the top five. Hendon Hooker, one of the great names in college football, the Tennessee quarterback, going 10th to the Seahawks. Oh, Scoggins. Rocky That's top, a great Rocky backup top. to Geno Smith. Uh, let's see here. Uh, any quarterbacks? A lot of cornerbacks going off the board here. A lot of edge rushers. A lot of receivers, which is not shocking. Uh, and then we get all the way down. Okay, no more quarterbacks. Number 30, Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Selecting Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. I want a mock. Mock. And here's what the write-up says. The Uh Vikings' Patrick Peterson may very well be the Tom Brady of defensive backs, considering his age has no effect on how well he plays the game. Well, that's not entirely true. Uh, Regardless, Minnesota needs to prepare for football life without Peterson if he doesn't return next season. Gonzalez is a rangy six-foot-two corner with excellent vision and anticipation skills. Yep, that's what I want. Currently, he's leading the Pac-12 with five passes defended so far. Yeah, Pac-12, though. It's not. It doesn't do it. Look, let's just say so it's SEC it's, or bust it's for a little you? bit. Yeah, up, and Big Ten. SEC, Big Ten. The real conferences. The Pac 12's a cute after dark conference. Is the Big Ten is the a big, real conference Yeah, is it though? Year? Yeah, I'm with Mackie here. What's that? There's, ta- there's talent in the Big Ten. Oh, there's like, talent. Right, right. It's, it's a down year for the Big Ten. Yeah, but you still Let, get talent there. I'm just saying, Pac, the Pac 12's fine. It's a cute little College conference. Scouts. It's a cute little conference. I watch a lot of college football. Just because you hate college football doesn't mean that I do. I like to sit down with, with my. I think the Pac-12 still pumps Panera up sandwich quite a few and NFL watch college football. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on now uh, to the next mock draft. I love this. This is awesome. from Tankathon. All right, this one from Tankathon.com. Right now, they again same draft order. Yep. C.J. Stroud going number one. Will Anderson, edge rusher, going number two to the, to the Raiders. Raiders. They also have Bryce Young to the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Levis, seven to the Falcons. That's the uh, the only three quarterbacks in the top ten. And then Anthony Richardson. I don't think he's a first-round pick, but Anthony Richardson to the Giants at 27. And then we get to 30, where the Minnesota Vikings select out of South Carolina. There you go, Judd. The SEC Real football. is already a better pick. Real football mind. conference. Damn near a pro league. It is a pro league. Cornerback uh-huh. Cam Smith. I want a mock. mock. Yeah, give me the give me the SEC kid a corner. For what it's worth, they also have a second and a third round. Second round, Vikings taking Notre Dame interior offensive lineman Jarrett Patterson. And then in the third round taking Iowa tight end. The tight NFL tight end factory. Yeah, exactly. Iowa. Don't sleep on that. Sam Laporta, a six foot four, two hundred fifty pound 
Red Zone Monster. I want to mock. Actually, you know what? That's good prediction. That makes a lot of sense there. It does. You, you're, you need some depth there. All due respect to to your guy, uh, Johnny, Johnny Munt. Munt. No, I think it's over. I think the Johnny Munt run of fun is over. <laughs> I never made any promises. Fun fun. The yeah. Munt run of fun. But we should get some type of Munt t-shirts made before it's done. I'd love to have thi- uh, Johnny Munt t We are t-shirt. thinking about We actually had a concept for one because we are going to do another pop-up shop hopefully later this month for Good. Purple Daily and Score. Love those. But uh, I don't know. I feel like. The Johnny Munt excitement has kind right. of yeah, I think it might have peaked right. in week one. <laughs> I think you might be right. So there we go. We got some some prominent mock draft platforms here that are eyeing cornerback again for the Vikings in the Makes first sense. round. Yeah, because I, I mean, if they so if Peterson comes back next year, it's Peterson, Dantzler, Booth. But again, to my point is with Booth, he he's got to prove that, that he can just stay on the field. Um, and it, but I mean, they're what four deep basically at corner because I, I, I don't trust Boyd to play corner, like he can be a special teams guy, but yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. And it is amazing, and I it, it's a hell, it's a credit to Rick, I, I guess, too, that this team is uh so deep at skill positions with some great young players offensively or just good players, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, Derisaw has been phenomenal. Yes, we're going to get into some of those numbers, too, in the State of the Offense episode of Purple Daily today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why the Vikings aren't drafting higher in these mocks is because they keep lighting the Spiral Light Victory Candle uh-huh. on a weekly basis. Can't put that thing out. We like to call it Judge Purple Positivity Candle, and I'm going to tell you right now, good or bad, it either it either provides an aroma that is just screams football, or you know what, it calms you down when things aren't going right. So there's a beautiful spiral light candle burning in front of you. So if the Vikings are burning things down, which hopefully they're not, it calms your nerves. Spiral light also great gifts, an array of candles that are absolutely fantastic for birthdays. For for um, anything special occasion that you can come up with, SpiralLightCandles.com, SpiralLightCandles.com, check it out. But again, the Purple Positivity Candle is something that every fan of the Purple should have, and you can get one at SpiralLightCandles.com. Yes. All right, every Thursday, Declan goes back into the Twitter archives. Old tweets exposed here. All right, we will duck for cover. What do you have for us this week? All right, let's, uh, let's just go back. And I, okay, disclaimer, disclaimer before I play these old tweets exposed. We like to have fun conversations and recklessly speculate in the offseason about what any team could do, right? So this disclaimer that I want that out there, that's, that's what we do, but that, that, that's, that's, that's a thing that we like to do, but I want to put that out there in the ethos before we play these clips because we were recklessly speculating on what quarterbacks the Vikings should be having in 2022 when the Vikings first fired Mike Zimmer. Mm-hmm. So let's go to old Macadac oh to start off. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Never mind the fact that Russell Wilson is levels better than Kirk Cousins as a player, as a late-game clutch quarterback, and as a leader and a guy that can bring people together and, and get people to rally around him. So ideally, would it be nice to find a young quarterback of the future that you can have on a rookie-scale contract for five years, like if Malik Willis was that guy? Absolutely. But if there's an option to still pay a lot of money, but maybe have it be a little bit more flexible in terms of what you can do with that cap hit and upgrade to a Hall of Fame caliber guy who's motivated and wants to win more Super Bowls, (laughs) 
this would be a no-brainer discussion behind the scenes for me. Like, <laughs> uh, can we wait for the season to play out first, or Could. do I have to do I have Could. to get Let's clown ride. for that take right now? We can, we can ride. I'm not going to clown him. No, I think that you're still. I you think do your love heart Russell was in the right place. Phil I think does Russell love Wilson, Russell Wilson though. is a lot better than he is shown in That's the last right. month. Go Broncos! Let's ride, let's ride. Broncos country. Let's That's ride. one of the great. Let's ride. The fact that he that he had just gotten his ass kicked in that game, and that he like starts to walk off the podium post game press conference, and then gets that in is one of the funniest things I've seen. You know, I know people are mocking him for it. He should take it to the next level. Instead of just saying "Let's ride" as he exits the the press conference, he should do like the fake, like he's riding a horse. Like, let's ride. He That's should right. have one. <laughs> yeah, get get a small one in there. Those. <laughs> Was it Schrager that absolutely oh, filleted him? destroyed him. Oh, my God. I, Good I, morning, football. Yeah, yeah like, he destroyed him. Last Friday? For what? Called him Just selfish. He, he said, he essentially said, Russell Wilson's a fraud of a person. Like, he, he said he, he talked, he saw him at the like, NFL honors, yes. right? On the red carpet with his wife, and they're like, we can't talk right now. No, no, no. They and were basically like, him and Sierra, and look, Sierra's a pretty successful musical star in her own her own right, but they were like basically big timing anyone that walked up to them. And he was clowning them for it. Schrager destroyed them. It was see the because Schrager's a reporter who has some opinions. So anytime he goes a guy like that goes strong on the opinion side, he's probably getting it from other people in the league yeah. too. Yeah. It's very interesting. All right, I'll go next and here. Geno Smith's lighting it up for Seattle. Geno so yeah. doesn't help Russ's cause. All right, I'll uh, I'll go next. I agree with all the points that Baker is immature. I agree. I think he's a phony leader. I agree with that. I just don't think he is as bad as he, like what he was in 2021 is not who he really is. He was playing hurt. He was was not as bad as he was. So I can deal with a $19 million cap hit and potentially some immature comments to build out the roster more and just hit, hit a different era of Vikings football. I can get down with that. Yep. And I'm just saying if they give me two first round picks. Now you're talking. Uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield just stinks. He's not a... Uh... Well, okay, people here... Let me, I'm, I'm going to explain on your behalf here, okay? People, mm-hmm. we, had, we had a bunch of conversations about the future of the quarterback position with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Some of them included if they keep Kirk Cousins, but many of them were, hey, this is a new regime, you know? We, we would move on, and at the end of the day, maybe it turns out we are or will be wrong about that, but what we were talking about with Baker Mayfield and also with Sam Darnold was about, hey... You guys don't want that quarterback anymore. So how about uh, you give, how about we'll give you, we'll take that high draft pick off your hands. How about Carolina, you give us the sixth overall pick and your crappy quarterback, and then we'll give you Kirk Cousins and like a third or something, right? It was all about how do you get up into the top six or seven in the draft. So people are like, you, you wanted Baker Mayfield. You wanted Sam Darnold. No, <laughs> we wanted the sixth overall pick. But things have worked out pretty well for the Vikings mm-hmm. on the path that they chose to see. All right, one more here from uh, Judd Zolgan. The interesting plan is this. If you fire Zimmer and bring in Doug Peterson as your coach, a one-year transitional year of Nick Foles. Wow. A one-year wow. transitional year of Nick Foles. Again, keep in mind here, the goal of this show is to win a Super Bowl. But, you, but this team right now is not set to do so. So, so what I'm trying to do here is build a team eventually. So Nick Foles is not your quarterback to win a second 
Super Bowl, which he, he's won one here in 2018. Nick Foles is the transitional piece, again, that you would get on the cheap to play quarterback for a year while you build out around him. Judd thinks Nick Foles Nick can Foles, win the Vikings Nick, a well, Super Bowl. Well, I will be very clear here and say this. <laughs> Number one, I was I was all on the on the tear it down train. Um, I have accepted that the Vikings didn't, and this is fun. I still don't think this team is anywhere near being a Super Bowl team. So the competitive, yeah, well, they have a, they have a lot of things to clean up. Exactly, but, absolutely. But my point is. My point is, don't be fooled by the record and say, well, you see, you guys, this is a Super Bowl team. It, it's a playoff team, um, and they are exposing the fact that the rest of the league is pretty bad as well. Good for, for them, and Cousins is playing well. But all of that being said, when I look at this defense, I do not see a team that can make a playoff run, unfortunately. Well, yeah, not right now. Yeah, so and, we'll and maybe see. They, and maybe they won't, but they right. have, the, the, they've put themselves in a really good position padding their record Mm -hmm. as they look to iron some of this stuff out. We're going to find out a lot on Sunday, November 13th, when they go to Buffalo. That'll be a a litmus test football game. Can they hang in or beat Buffalo on the road? Not that that game will tell you everything, win or lose, but if they go in and they go toe-to-toe or they beat Buffalo, people are going to talk about the Vikings in a much different way than they are right now. You are going to have to have made some very serious bye week adjustments defensively to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they would agree with all of that too. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Go I, think I, I think I, I think I probably win this week. Don't I just go levels go better. I said Nick Foles. So his career you guys can has do whatever you want better. This season has been a train wreck. Yeah, but you said but you said Nick Foles as a transitional quarterback. Yeah, that's true. All right. I said Russell Wilson's yeah, level is better than Kirk Cousins, which he has been up until this season. But, okay. All right. There it is. Reckless Speculation Thursday here, Mackie and Judd. And uh, don't forget, this Sunday at Surly Brewing Company, you guys are going to be hosting a watch party for the game against Miami and then a live edition of Vikings Ventline with Before I Die cans of beer Mm-hmm. And uh, we're giving away that you can register on the Score North app too. We're giving away a VIP table where you're going to get a couple of pizzas. You're going to get a bunch of Before I Die beer T-shirts, and so you can register to sit at the VIP That's table. That's right. And I'm going to sit with you. Score North app. I'm going to come over and spend time with you. Hello. Eat your pizza and not talk to you. And no, no, I'm going to drink a couple of beers <laughs> with you. Yep. With my friends, it's early brewing. Well, who knows? And if you want to be in an afternoon, if you want to be in the halftime TikTok video with Judd, you better get that VIP. Table. Yeah, we could talk it that's up. What I'm saying, I love that idea. Yep. All right, that's a wrap on today's Mackie and Judd. We'll see you guys over on Purple Daily.